Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. (laughs) Here we go. Yes, how wonderful. How wonderful that we transcend time and space to be together. I'm grateful, so grateful, so grateful for this opportunity, for connection, for clearing, for healing. Yes, and today's topic is breaking the habit of self-attack. So, how, how potent. Let us say a blessing here. I place my hand on my heart and I take this deep breath of gratitude. So grateful that this is the time for us to focus on healing self-attack. And we're doing it not just for ourselves, but for everyone. So grateful that our prayer, our blessing, our practice is a devotional offering that we make to all of life. So grateful that we can be a beneficial presence in this world and give up all attack thought. We are grateful and thankful to cultivate the habit of being loving, of being grateful, of praising and appreciating. We are grateful to share the love and spread the love With our daily conversations and activities, we are grateful and thankful to consciously bring a blessing with everything we do, say, every aspect of our life and being. We are grateful to surrender the habits of self-attack and to be a living demonstration of love. We are grateful to call forth the healing of all self-attack to be healed back to the root cause so we never experience it again. We are truly grateful and truly thankful to allow ourselves to experience the fullness of love and a true and lasting healing. In gratitude, we let it be. Sharing the benefits with all, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yeah, that was a big full prayer there. (laughs) You know, uh, you may not know, if you're new to this radio show, one of the things I do every day is I record a prayer, and I post it on my website, and I also post it on the prayer line. So you can either listen to my prayer online, there's also a podcast for the prayer. You can call the phone number, it's a USA number, a Southern California number, And I'll just give it to you right now, 760-569-6005. That's 760-569-6005. So you can call every day. I've been recording those prayers. This will be 13 years of recording that daily prayer. And it's just part of my spiritual practice as well as offering my Daily Shot of Spiritual Espresso, which is the writing that I send every day with the prayer. So you can subscribe to that if you like my daily blog at jenniferhadley.com. So I, I know the power of prayer. And many of us are aware of how powerful our thoughts are. Of Course Miracles tells us that there are no idle thoughts All thoughts produce form at some level. What is form? Form is our feelings. It's our experience. It's everything that we are experiencing in this world. So all thoughts produce form at some level. There are no idle thoughts. When the true realization of that hit me, I decided to dedicate myself to purifying my mind of what Jesus calls the um, miscreative thoughts and the thoughts of mind-wandering. 
that are self-destructive. So that's where we work at the level of the mind, and that's where the healing is really taking place. And it is potent. It is powerful. And it's also the most challenging thing you'll ever do is become mindful of your thoughts. I had the musician Jennifer Ruth Russell on this broadcast in 2015, I think it was, 2015 or 2016, and um, she writes the most beautiful spiritual music, and she was in my first class of Masterful Living in 2009, and she put out um, the first CD of her adult songs, because she's written a lot of children's songs, and... um, wrote so many beautiful songs in that class and since then of course and one of the things she did that year in masterful living was she made a commitment to her husband for his birthday to not judge him for an entire year to really focus on no judging of her husband for an entire year she didn't tell him that's what she was doing she did not tell him (laughs) so um, interesting very interesting and she said it was the most challenging thing she ever did it really was challenging to her and it is it is tremendously challenging when we make that decision to give up attack thoughts now I was over the weekend I was teaching my Forgive and Be Free workshop in person in Manhattan in New York City at the Hari NYC Yoga Studio, Hari H-A-R-I NYC. And I'm going to be doing it again on February 9th, so you can uh, sign up for that. It's free, it's a donation basis, Um, and... uh, um, I don't think I have it on my events page yet, but I will put it there. Um, so that is uh, that's a wonderful opportunity, and people were sharing there as they always do, and common shares. I've heard it many, many times, and one of the things that it reminded me of is how most people are very much focused on self-attack. And so that's why I'm talking about this today, because self-attack is so limiting, right? Many people are playing small in their life solely because of the self-attack thoughts, not because they don't have talents and skills, not because they're not beautiful, and wonderful, loving people, but they have these false beliefs about themselves and they're attacking themselves all day long. I've even heard very accomplished spiritual teachers who are very dedicated say when they realize they could have made a different choice and they made a choice that maybe was somehow limiting I've heard them say things like, oh, how stupid. How could I be so stupid? Yes, accomplished spiritual teachers who have been teaching for decades. I've heard them say things like this. So the the fact that you may have self-attack thoughts, shaming yourself, motivating yourself with negativity, which is something I used to do a lot of. So motivating myself with negativity would be me thinking thoughts like, you better do that. If you don't do that, how could you not do that? So uh, motivating myself by berating myself, chastising myself, threatening myself, these are the kinds of negative thoughts and self-attack that are habitual 
very much habitual. And it all stems from our beliefs. So we believe we're unworthy. We believe we're not good enough. And then we berate ourselves. And then because of the constant stream of attack, we fail. And uh, because we don't actually wish to succeed, what we actually wish for, and the wish is hidden, we wish to fail to prove that we're right. I would say that the majority of light workers that I have met would rather play small. They feel more comfortable playing small than really being successful. They think they'd like to be really successful, but they are not willing to be either mindful of their thoughts, words, and actions, or they are fear the repercussions that can come from a spiritual teacher or anyone in the world who is teaching attack by being an attacking person. So, for instance, when I've heard spiritual teachers say things like, oh, what an idiot, how could I be so stupid, oh, my God, Uh, these kinds of attack thoughts against themselves, they are teaching the value of attack. They are teaching that this is normal, this is acceptable, this is the right thing to do. Attack yourself. And I really decided to stop it for myself. And it's out of my decisions like that to stop attacking myself, to love myself fully, completely, authentically as I am, to recognize that everyone is perfect and I am perfect as well. Be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It sounds like a command, like, be perfect for God's sakes, be perfect, be ye perfect. Why won't you be perfect? (laughs) It does kind of sound like that, given the way that we speak now. But I think it's helpful to remember that the things that Jesus said that they wrote down in the four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, that I think the one that was written closest to his crucifixion was written 25 or 30 years after. Yeah. So just think if you were going to tell a story of something that was in a spiritual class that you took 30 years ago or 25 years ago. Now, these people, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the scribes, the ones who wrote it down, they had been telling these stories for years and years and years, right? So they, but how precise were they? And the other thing to remember is that Hebrew is a language without punctuation. Oh my gosh, things can be so misunderstood when there's no punctuation, when they're written down, right? And you can't hear the person speaking it. It could be very confusing, no punctuation. So everything that Jesus said in Aramaic was translated into Hebrew, written down in Hebrew. That was the original writing. And then, because nobody wrote it down in Aramaic, and then it was translated from Hebrew into Greek, into Latin, into English, and other languages. So a lot of opportunity for things to be shifted and changed. I studied with um, Rocco Errico, who is uh, uh, someone who is an expert in all these languages and um, a true expert in the Bible and the teachings of Jesus in the Bible. Wonderful teacher. And one of the things he taught me in ministerial school, he taught us, was that it's more likely that Jesus would have said, called God the Beloved rather than the Father. 
And as soon as I heard that, I thought, oh, that makes sense to me. That makes perfect sense to me. Yes, beloved. So for me, I I do think of God as the beloved. And that we are the beloved of the beloved. (laughs) And Course in Miracles teaches us that uh, the beloved or the father only has one son. And the son of God is the Christ. And we are the Christ. So think of be ye perfect. It the way we would interpret that in modern times is it's a command to do something, be perfect. But if you think about it in terms of maybe when that first translation into English was, or maybe some of the translations on the way, if you feel into it, you might come up with what I come up with, which is, we're already perfect. We be perfect. We be perfect already. You are perfect. Instead of be ye perfect, like in the future tense, you are perfect as your Father in Heaven is perfect because we are one with our Creator. So, when what A Course in Miracles teaches us is when we attack ourselves, we are attacking our Creator. We are attacking the Beloved. And we are saying, God is wrong. God made a mistake. God has failed. And we are right. So you can see that self-attack in its most basic forms is essentially blaspheming. It is essentially saying, I am right and God is wrong. And so just for the fact that we're attacking ourselves, we would feel the repercussions of that self-attack. But if you then add to it, not just that, but then we're attacking God as well as ourselves, then you can see how self-attack would lead to tremendous anxiety and fear and guilt and blame and shame and all of these emotions. So there are no idle thoughts. Our thoughts produce our emotions 100% of the time. Now, many times as spiritual students, we recognize and we know that our thoughts are not idle, that all thought produces form at some level, and that uh, what we think about, we bring about. We know all of this. We've seen the secret, and we've read the books, and there it is, very obvious, and yet... We still don't stop it. We still don't stop it. Instead, we feel more guilty, more ashamed, more bad, and more wrong that we can't stop it. But the age-old issue here is that rather than trying to stop it, think of Yoda here, do not try, do, right? to to, um, Luke Skywalker when he was trying to raise the plane out of the swamp or the crap, whatever that thing is called. (laughs) The ship, the ship. He's trying to raise the ship out of the swamp and he's trying and Yoda says to him, do not try, do. And that's the thing for us too, right? Instead of trying, do it. You invoke the power of decision. I believe I was talking about this last week. You can go back to those power of decision classes that I think I did sometime the end of year 2017 or 18. I lose track of it. But you can always find the old episodes. All of them are at livingacoursemiracles.com forward slash podcast. And you can even just go to livingacourseofmiracles.com. You will find the um, thing for the radio show, the podcast there. And um, 
we have all the episodes there and you can get the transcripts there and you can uh, search there for your topic. Uh, So power of decision, very valuable. It's a great time to think about it right now because if you're listening to this show live or you're listening to this broadcast um, in in the early part of 2020 here. It's uh, January, I think today is January 14th. And uh, as I record this, yes. And in this moment now, the new decade is starting. So now is the time when we are broadcasting our intentions for the decade, not just the year, but the decade. Yes, I just did a wonderful class, New Year's Reboot, and we could think of it as New Decade Reboot. It's on my mind because we're preparing uh, the class. You can watch the class. It's um, on replay now, but we're going to do six follow-up live classes about it. This is the bargain of the century <laughs> or the decade because <laughs> uh, it's only $22. Um, so come and join us. Get New Year Reboot. Come and join us. Do this work starting your year, starting your decade. It's a wonderful activity of helping get clarity, setting intention, and doing forgiveness work. It's powerful, it's potent. And we're so happy to share it with you. It's part of the Masterful Living curriculum, so you can get a little taste of Masterful Living, which, by the way, uh, registration closes on Monday, January 20th. So, A Course in Miracles, in Chapter 7, Section 6, which is entitled From Vigilance to Peace, in Paragraph 2, Jesus tells us, The mind that accepts attack cannot love. That is because it believes it can destroy love and therefore does not understand what love is. If it does not understand what love is, it cannot perceive itself as loving. This loses the awareness of being, induces feelings of unreality, and results in utter confusion. Now, as someone who had so much self-attack, I can honestly say that that was true for me. That I was so focused on attacking myself and attacking others that I I don't think I could really love. And for sure, while I wouldn't have realized it at the time, I did think I could destroy myself and other people. And at one point I wanted to destroy myself. And definitely many times I wished to destroy other people. And so I didn't understand what love is. Teach only love for that is what you are, Jesus tells us in the Course. Teach only love for that is what you are. So if we think we can destroy ourselves, which why else would we attack ourselves? unless we were intent upon destroying ourselves. You see, this we think, oh, I'm attacking myself because I'm motivating myself with fear. And that's how I do it. That's how I get myself out of bed. That's how I get myself into bed. <laughs> that's how I get dressed in the morning to go to work. I'm, that's how I do everything, is I'm motivating myself with fear and attack. Well, then... We don't understand what love is. I want to know what love is. Right? Remember that song? We can all sing that song. Uh, and since we don't understand what love is, we lose the awareness of being, induces feelings of unreality, and results in utter confusion. Many people, just like me, through Years of self-attack, we developed this feeling of, I just want to get off this planet. Stop the planet. I want to get off. Get me out of here. How can I get out of here? 
I don't want this. The truth is, it's not that we'd like to leave this world. We'd like to leave the attack thoughts. We'd like to leave the world of attack that we made. That's what we'd like to leave. That's what we'd like to give up. That's what we'd like to let go of. But we've lost sight of that. It results in utter confusion. I used to feel so confused all the time. On the big things, I was really confused. I didn't know that it was a result of all these attack thoughts and the self-attack thoughts and manipulating myself with fear, with shame, with guilt. But that's what I was doing. And oh my gosh, it's time for me to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You are listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. We are talking about breaking the habit of self-attack. And A Course in Miracles tells us in the same section I was talking about before the break, From Vigilance to Peace, section 6 of chapter 7, where it says, The mind that accepts attack cannot love. It also says in paragraph 3, The ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself is enormous, but it stems from the very power of the mind the ego denies. So the ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself stems from the very power of the mind the ego denies. So the ingeniousness of the ego comes from the mind of God. Because we thought up the ego thought system We put it in place. We learned it. We emboldened it. And we are of God. Therefore, as it says here, the ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself is enormous. But it stems from the very power of the mind the ego denies. This means that the ego attacks what is preserving it. So the ego thought system is one of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. These are its themes, right? The way that the ego mind system convinces us that we are separate is through interpreting everything through uh, the lens of lack and limitation, Everything. Every problem we have can be solved with love. There is no lack of love. Love is all there is. There's an infinite supply and source and expression of love. So there is no lack, there is no limitation, but the ego thought system is 100% lack and limitation thinking. And that's how separation is kept in place. Now, the lack and limitation thoughts can be raised to the level of attack. Not just, you know, um, mere observation. There's not enough of something. There's not enough love. Well... But if you think about that, that itself is an attack on love. 
If we think I'm not lovable, that itself is an attack on love because we are love. If we think we're unlovable, if we think we're not good enough, if we think we're wrong and bad and something's not right with us, then we're attacking love. So the means, this means the ego attacks what is preserving it, which must result in extreme anxiety. So in these two paragraphs here, again, chapter 7, section 6, from vigilance to peace, what Jesus is explaining to us, how we get to a place of utter confusion, that's what I was talking about in the first half, And now he's telling us how we get to the place of extreme anxiety. Utter confusion and extreme anxiety. When we're identified with the ego, this is the the promise (laughs) that we're given. And we just ping pong around. And then, of course, what do we do in order to manage and cope with our feelings of anxiety and extreme anxiety and utter confusion, we start self-medicating, right? We self-medicate, we look for distractions, so it could be sex, could be food, uh, overeating, over-sexing, or... or, um, just trying to flirt with people and get some recognition from them, get some approval from them. We're tap dancing all the time, trying to get people to like us and approve of us. And we don't like and approve of ourselves. What are we, crazy? We're trying to tap dance to get somebody else to like and approve of us when we do not offer that gift to ourselves? Hmm. How nutty is that? That, of course is super nutty, it's utter confusion being expressed in the world of form. Remember, all thought produces form at some level. So that extreme anxiety is there because we have bought into a system that is misery-making, and there's no way out. There's no way out through the system. We have to be willing to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We have to be willing to say, Jesus, help me 50 times a day. Help me to see clearly. Not help me to get um, the thing on sale at the store, you know, or help me get a raise. Because the raise is not the answer. The thing in the store is not the answer. Help me to see clearly. Help me to love fully. Help me to relinquish these attack thoughts. Holy Spirit, I give them to you. I don't need them anymore. I see they are creating extreme anxiety and utter confusion. You know, this is why every year in Masterful Living, at the end of the year, people tell me, Things like, Jennifer, I've saved so much money this year because I went off these expensive medications. And you're right. Spiritual practice saves time, money, energy. It does. It does. so funny how I wasn't planning to say any of that. And then there it is. And... It's the perfect thing to let you know that I have a free class coming up this week, Thursday and Sunday. I'm going to do it twice, doing it live twice. Uh, unblock the flow of time, energy, and money. So I've been doing uh, many things this year because it's a new decade to really start us off and let us create this sense of beauty and bliss joy and freedom that it's really not creating it it's allowing it to unfold and and be present in our experience so I just want to 
be clear here that spiritual practice is the only thing that works to undo these ego patterns. And that's one of the main messages of A Course in Miracles, that we have spent many lifetimes, including most of this lifetime, in learning the ego thoughts and convincing ourselves of the ego thoughts. Undoing all of that doesn't take a lot of time, but it does take great willingness. And that's what the lessons and the manual for teachers and the text of A Course in Miracles are to help us do, to be motivated and inspired to actually live the lessons, work the lessons, do the lessons. And so many people have told me that uh, they can see that the way they did the lessons, they were reading them, thinking about them a little bit, but not living them. And that's why what I'm focused on is living the lessons, because when we truly apply them, which takes willingness, great willingness, it takes real focus, then we see the results. And the results are often quite dramatic. This time of year, I am, uh, st- we're getting ready to start Masterful Living. And we've been having bonuses classes like the New Year's Reboot, which you can participate in. And we have the um, uh, self-sabotage, ending my self-sabotage challenge, uh, which you can still participate in. And, um, uh, of course, you can participate in Masterful Living Registration, still open till January 20th. But I've been talking with people who were in the program last year, many of them who are coming back again this year, and just talking to them about how their year was and what the results were. And it's I've been doing this for 11 years. This is my 12th year. So I've really seen what works and doesn't work. And it's the people who really are willing to practice it throughout their day. And that's what the workbook lessons are meant for, for you to practice throughout your day. And not just read it for a few minutes in the morning. That is not, that's just the icing. It's not the cake, you know. I, I love to sit and read A Course in Miracles and feel that great teaching filling me up. And it's beautiful, but it's the practical application of when somebody is annoying you, when you feel threatened, what do you do then? That's where my practice is. That's my true spiritual practice. And so I was saying that I taught this forgiveness workshop on the weekend in New York, and people were sharing, as they always do, about their self-attack thoughts and how this is the the main thing that is their their issue. And so people who haven't been looking at A Course in Miracles at all can quickly realize that it's themselves they need to forgive. And A Course in Miracles tells us that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. But you see, that is often hidden from our awareness. So in this part where it says, the ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself is enormous. But it stems from the very power of the mind the ego denies. In other words, that ingeniousness of the ego to preserve itself, to keep it going, stems from the power of God's mind to, th- to think these things up. And so then this means that the ego attacks what is preserving it, which must result in extreme anxiety. So it's that it's when we're attacking ourselves, we're always going to experience anxiety. 
just think if you lived with someone, as some people do, or you work with someone, as some people do, who constantly attack. They're constantly attacking you. You, d- you develop a, a neuroses, right? You develop anxiety as a result of it. Why? Because it's not safe. It's never safe. You never know when the attack is going to come. You don't know what's going to provoke the attack. You don't know when the attack will end. And attack is never justified. That's the teaching of A Course in Miracles. So when there's a tremendous amount of attack... What's happening is we are learning to manage and cope with it. We are learning to manage and cope with it. And we know that's not good enough. So that's going to produce more anxiety. The world run by the ego thought system teaches managing and coping skills. Uh... I may have shared this, I'm sure I did, must have, uh, somewhere um, in in this radio broadcast, this podcast. Uh, Call it a radio broadcast because we have a live broadcast every week. And, uh, but it's, most people listen on podcast. And by the way, if you do listen on podcast, if you're on iTunes, there's two parts to it. Uh, there's the archive, Course in Miracles archive, and A Course in Miracles, because there's like 430 episodes now, and uh, a single podcast at iTunes can only be 300. So, um, so you need to get both if you like to have the whole archive. Um, I remember one time I was in a. Um, group coaching with a marketing person 10 years ago or so. And uh, we were supposed to talk about our elevator speeches. And in case you don't know what that is, it's like a 30-second thing that you would say if you had 30 seconds in an elevator with someone to see if you could turn them into a, a client what would you say to them? How would you present yourself and what you're doing, what you're offering? So the woman who went before me, she said something like, I'm a life coach, and what I do is I help people who have anxiety and worry and fear and guilt and are struggling with these things. I help them develop successful managing and coping skills. And I thought, oh boy, because I had prepared to say, I help people who are managing and coping with their fear and anxiety, their worry and their doubt, and to move out of managing and coping into actually having healed that and now investing their time, energy, and money into things that they can enjoy instead of just maintaining the status quo I didn't wish to rain on this woman's parade or make her wrong or make her feel bad about her elevator pitch uh, so I, I I don't remember what I said but I, I didn't say what I was going to say but that's the thing you see is the ego thought system is giving us managing and coping strategies rather than healing because you cannot go to the entity or the thought system that brought you the anxiety and the confusion and look there for the solution you 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 don't go to the one who's torturing you to get the solution so for me and this is this is really expansive. For me, I'm interested in being a redeemer. To me, Jesus is my teacher. And he walked in the world 
redeeming people, not through giving some dispensation, but helping them to realize that they could let go of their unforgiveness towards themselves, their blame of themselves, and their projection of blame onto others. He walked in the world helping people to see and know and feel and hear more clearly the truth that liberates us. So to the man who was laying in the bed, he helped that man to realize that he was dwelling in the past, he was not forgiving, and that he could forgive instantaneously and take up his bed and walk, and he did. So this is what we can do. We can help people in the same way. And we do it through a living demonstration. That's why I talk about walking the talk and living the love. That's what heals our mind. That's what heals our heart. That's what heals our body. That's what heals our relationships. That's what heals our emotional body. So what I ask people in Masterful Living to do, as I'm asking you, is to be willing to really prove God in your life, to prove these principles, to prove these teachings, to prove that these teachings work. Do not settle for just reading them. That is not good enough. It is not good enough. Do not do another year and decade of that. Because it leads to this sense of failure and confusion. Why is it working for some people but not for me? It's because the practical application comes from the heart. Every time I do a forgiveness workshop... People ask some version of the question, how do I remember, though, Jennifer? How do I remember to walk the talk and live the love? How do I remember to do this work and to have the practical application of these Course in Miracles lessons? How do I remember? And it always comes back to what's important to you? What is important to you? If it were important to you, you would remember. How do you remember to go to work? How do you remember to bathe, to brush your teeth? How do you remember to have groceries in the house? How do you remember to change the sheets on your bed? How do you remember to watch your TV show, your favorite TV show? How do you remember to see what's new on Netflix? How do you remember to do anything? It's because it comes from your desire. So what is your desire for? Is your desire coming from your desire to live an inspired, loving life that brings benefit to everyone in your community, everyone in your family, everyone in your ancestry? Or is your desire to just manage and cope with this day because that's the best you believe you can do? So that's one of the main things I'm seeing right now in this very second that in Masterful Living by having this really powerful community of people and working together and developing clear, strong, potent spiritual friendships and prayer partnerships and circles, small circles, we have all these different components. By doing these different things and having these connections with each other, where we hold each other accountable in the most loving and inspiring way, with no judgment, no complaining, really getting out of the habits of regret and resentment and guilt and blame and shame, and really actively working it together, that's when we... We're remembering to go to God. We're remembering to put God first. And that always transforms a person's life and relationships. It transforms their body. It doesn't work the same for everybody. 
It really doesn't. We all have different curriculum. We all have different attachments. But what I strongly, strongly feel is that if we're doing a spiritual practice to get something to change in the world, if we're, that's what we're doing, we're making an error, right? We're being driven by the ego. We're trying to get something. And the only reason we're trying to get something is because we feel a lack back to the ego thought system of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So to move out of the attack thinking, we must have a replace the belief that we are unworthy with a belief that we can be healed of it and a, a belief and a, a, a willingness to know that connecting with spirit is going to be more enjoyable, more fulfilling than anything of this world, because it is. And it, it is challenging to remember that. It's challenging to keep that focus on it, because we've made a whole different thought system and belief system, and we love what we made just because we made it. We love what we made just because we made it. That's why we have closets filled with things we made that aren't that great, but we made them, so we love them, and we're not going to throw them away. We're going to keep them, even though they are a disappointment to us. And that's what we do with the stinking thinking. So to end the self-attack, we must choose love, and we must value love and put our faith in love. If you're trying to solve a problem with anything other than love, you will still have a problem. It may transform into looking like something else, but it will still be a problem. Love is the only healer. Yes. And a big thank you to all the people who sent year-end donations and who are monthly tithers. Thank you for making this radio podcast possible. Let's pray. So grateful and thankful to give away the attack thoughts to the Holy Spirit to be healed back to the root cause so we never experience them again. We share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. I love you. Mwah.